0: Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm Nathan Rubin. Today we're joined by the usual crew, Editor-in-Chief Jordan Valerie and Senior Contributor Dylan Christine. And we're going to be discussing Bernie at the Women's Convention, Harvey Weinstein, Puerto Rico, Donald Trump speaking at the Value Voters Summit, and the Obamacare Executive Order. We had a lot of fun recording this episode, so stick around. Here it is. (music) So quick background for folks online who may not be so familiar with the Bernie women's history scandal. Um, The Women's March put together a women's convention. Sounds great. All for supporting that. And they just announced that Bernie Sanders would be the opening night speaker. They have over 60 speakers lined up. Only three are men. But for whatever reason, this became a scandal. So, who wants to kick it off and and explain why?
1: Uh, I'll do it. So, women's events, quite simply, should center women. I think men can be good allies by donating to our causes and listening to us, but they shouldn't be taking up space as speakers. And Bernie Sanders, in particular, wow, okay. So, fuck Bernie Sanders... As someone who, the first time I could ever vote- I agree so
2: much with that sentiment. So just
1: some background for me. First time I could ever vote, I supported Bernie Sanders. Like I was on the Bernie train before he announced that he was running. I was the one who was like, oh, he's got 6% now. You just wait. And for a while I felt stupid. But then all of those people got on board and I was like, see, Bernie is great. And I felt that way for a long time. And then post-election, he like totally lost me. He started going into this bizarre, like, identity politics is awful. He throws trans people and people of color under the bus. He makes all these ridiculous excuses for losing, like, buddy, you lost, get over it. And Bernie Sanders is just not even a good ally in the first place, which is why it baffles me that he's the speaker. Like, why is a man speak? Why are any men speaking? And why Bernie Sanders of all people? Dylan, do you agree with all of that?
2: I'm a never-Bernier, if that's a word. Did I make that up? I'm going to claim that. I think he's an inconsistent ally at best. At worst, I think he is too focused on economic issues. And while those are certainly extremely important when we're talking about people's experiences, that's not the only way that we understand the experiences of people of color and women. And then, you know, at the intersection of women of color, like there's just, economics is an important part, but it's it's not the only way that we need to be thinking about these issues. And I am just beyond frustrated with the heaps of liberal praise that gets stacked on Bernie Sanders for reasons that I have never been able to fathom. So I would also agree with Jordan that we should be centering women. I think we could have men speak. I've been trying to brainstorm if I could think of someone that I felt like would really fit the bill. I mean, maybe if there's like, a couple, like a married couple, like duo that's doing something really cool together that might be sort of interesting, or... I'm not going able to come up with someone, but I think there could be space, maybe, for men, depending on what they do, maybe... But not Bernie Sanders, never Bernie Sanders Okay, so
0: I'm just going to play the contrarian Just because we have to have a dissenting voice on here Um, I'm going to defend the Women's March organizers And the convention organizers They've done a hell of a job Lining up an incredible speaker series Bernie Sanders is one of the most popular Progressive politicians in the country What's wrong with having him appear and speak? Everyone needs to be an ally And they need to start being an ally somewhere So why not?
1: I think you start being an ally by listening, not speaking. And Bernie Sanders has had like 74 years to learn how to be an ally, and he still doesn't know how to do it.
2: I think like if we were thinking about someone maybe like Joe Biden, right, have a lot of issues with um, like the sexual assault campaign that he started. But at least then we're looking at someone who has sort of a specific stance or issue that we can say like, this is why we invited this person, right? I I just don't. I don't see the reasoning to say like, oh, well, Bernie Sanders is like a popular male politician so like that's why we're having him like great and we do want a lot of attention on this convention right it's really important but it feels like sort of a shot in the dark whereas we could have gotten men and I don't know who the other two men speaking are that have sort of a specific stance as opposed to someone like Bernie who has been really has been waffling on like abortion rights and that for me is really problematic if we want to have a conversation about ideological purity on abortion rights in the Democratic Party we should be having that as women I don't really want to sit around and have that conversation with Bernie Sanders, right? That doesn't feel like a productive and authentic conversation. If we want to have that as women within the Democratic Party and say, what are the shades that we're comfortable with? I feel like that's a different, that's just a different space and a different conversation.
0: Going off of the idea of women should be very vocal and being pro-choice, I want to shout out, Dylan, you wrote a great article on Kellen Squire, who is a candidate for the Virginia House of Delegates in the 58th District. Check it out on our website if you haven't read about it already. But the reason I bring that up is because in your article you talk about how candidates that claim to be progressive and democratic need to vocally support a women's right to choose. So everyone go check out that article, it's a good article and spread it around because the Virginia House of Delegates election is only three weeks away.
1: We've seen that waffling happen a lot post-election. There was a big controversy obviously when Bernie Sanders supported a candidate who was anti-choice and Bernie Sanders really sees civil rights and human rights as things you can compromise on. Healthcare you can't compromise on. Minimum wage you can't compromise on. But when it comes to people's fundamental rights, yeah, you have to sacrifice something. If someone's speaking at a women's event, someone's speaking about women's rights and equality i want them to actually believe that those are things you can't compromise on and bernie sanders isn't that person
0: let's pivot off of bernie sanders first really quickly want to give an update on the millennial politics side we launched a store Uh, we designed some merchandise Um, we're selling mugs t-shirts iphone cases nevertheless she persisted Healthcare is a human right swag all the proceeds go to helping us keep the lights on believe us, nobody's over here getting rich. This is going to support our mission. So check out the store, millennialpolitics.co. store But now I want to talk a little bit about Puerto Rico. It came out last week that people are getting their water from Superfund uh, hazardous material sites. And all while doing so, Donald Trump is tweeting about an amazing recovery while saying that Puerto Rico needs to get back up on their own two feet, as opposed to being supported by the federal government. So, Jordan, Dylan, what are your thoughts on the Puerto Rico crisis and how it's being handled?
1: Donald Trump's response to Puerto Rico shows how deadly his racism is. It's not just about words, it's about lives. It's not just that he's sympathizing with violent Nazis and white supremacists, which is bad enough and is a white supremacist himself. He's actively ignoring and enabling the deaths of black and brown folks in Puerto Rico who are American citizens but don't have the full rights of citizenship because of colonialism and racism. He calls them lazy ingrates, these racialized dog whistles implying that black and brown folks are leeches, in this case for literally begging for help as they're drowning and dying. He attacks a mayor who's a brown woman, for simply speaking up. She never attacked him, even though she absolutely has the right to. It speaks to how it doesn't matter to white supremacists what tone people of color use. They can peacefully protest police violence like Colin Kaepernick. They can beg for life-saving help as in Puerto Rico. And no matter what, there's some problem, some reason they're doing it wrong. In reality, this is just because racists won't listen to anything people of color say because they don't want to. They don't even want to hear cries for help when black and brown people are literally dying, whether it be in Puerto Rico, Flint, Ferguson, St. Louis. Just The silence here is deafening.
0: Yeah, I think that tweet about them being ingrates was, I mean, Donald Trump, oh my god. Like, I, like I want to say it was a new low, but like, I don't know how much lower he can go. I mean, he's he's really trashing the presidency.
2: I think the important thing to, to remember is, as far as I understand the economic situation between the United States and Puerto Rico and how that all works, Puerto Ricans, pay taxes so like to just say that the federal government is quote-unquote like bailing people out or as if we're giving these people something one that they haven't paid into a system to give and then two to act like people's lives like oh we're just like this you know malevolent malevolent person who's like oh well we're going to decide whether you live or die and sort of relish in that choice i just think is really disgusting and the- yeah these
0: people pay taxes like right, that's exactly. what is the most uh, like obscene part of it is that just like in houston these people exactly. contribute to the united states economy they're american citizens they vote in our elections their vote isn't counted in the same way that other states are. But even so, we should recognize that they are a part of our community and a part of our country.
1: They quite literally have taxation without representation. And after the United States exploited these people and colonized them, the least we could do is make sure they don't all die.
0: And, And you know what, I think this leads us to talk about some of those reports where in order for Puerto Rico to confirm the actual death toll, they need to call and audit every one of the hospitals. Well, obviously, you know, 80% of the island still doesn't have power. There's very little drinking water. The infrastructure is pretty much destroyed. We're not going to know how many people actually died as a result of this storm for a very long time. And my fear is that it's much higher than people are letting on. So yeah, it's kind of a disaster. I mean, it's not kind of, it is.
2: I think that's what people tend to forget about in terms of death toll in general. I mean, we've seen that in Harvey. We saw that in Irma. We saw that with Hurricane Katrina. We're even seeing that now with the wildfires in California. The death toll isn't something that's like we are sort of counting in real time. A lot of times the death toll, really, when we get a better picture of it, is in the cleanup. It's in the aftermath. It's the people that we don't know whether or not they got out of their house. Or we don't know whether or not they made it safely to wherever they were trying to go to escape the disaster, right? And I think people just forget that even in this age of like super connectedness where we expect all the information to come so quickly that that's not always... How things like this work. We even saw that in Las Vegas too. The death counts slowly started to rise, but then the injured count, it took a couple days to really sort out where is everyone? How do we account for everyone?
0: Yeah, so we'll just have to keep our eye on that. Staying on the theme of Trump being a terrible person, there was a Value Voters Summit this week, which for those of you who don't know, this is an ultra right wing hate group conference, a sitting president has never spoken at this gathering before. And then Donald Trump decided to be the first sitting president to do so. Um, one of my favorite quotes is that we don't worship government, we worship government. God coming from a sitting president who claims to uphold the constitution with separation of church and state. This was troubling to me. As a Jew, especially, I don't want anyone to tell me who I can and cannot worship, even if you think your God is my God. It may not be. Um, but also, this is uh, an extremely anti-LGBTQ event. Jordan, what's your take on this?
1: It's totally unsurprising, but disgusting. That's the thing you were talking about Puerto Rico, like, this is a new low, but it's not a new low. This is the same guy who, like, when his administration came into office, he rescinded Obama's pro-trans guidance in public schools. He announced a ban on transgender troops serving in the military. They're now siding against LGBTQ folks in the Justice Department in every place they can. It's not really just the administration even, you know, this summit is something that Republicans have embraced for a long time. Republicans enforce this extreme anti-LGBTQ agenda. They already have these connections to hate groups, hate groups that literally want to criminalize being gay, hate groups that supported Uganda's law, which would have punished being gay with death. So this isn't really any step away from what's normal in the Republican party and what's going to become more normal as we see more candidates like Roy Moore.
0: Yeah, and I think that your point about Roy Moore for folks who don't know is the Republican who just won the Alabama Senate primary and he has said some god-awful things um, about homosexuals and how he wants to criminalize um, homosexuality. And as you as we know, uh, Mike Pence also supported conversion therapy. So you have a vice president who is pretty radical on this agenda. You have a Senate candidate in Alabama who just won an election going up against Doug Jones, who we're supporting over Roy Moore. But I think to your point that as these radicals get more entrenched in the establishment, they're they're pulling the Republican Party with them, and and perhaps even some in the Republican Party are are going willingly.
2: I mean, the lineup of speakers was what Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, and Sebastian Gorka. So I'm pretty sure that tells you everything you need to know about this conference.
0: And what pisses me off the most about that is that like CNN, ABC, Fox News, like they are just showing it nonstop. It's like. They are giving these people a platform to millions and millions of people that otherwise wouldn't even care, would not give a shit about it. And then here it is, like as part of our mainstream, and suddenly it's newsy that Steve Bannon is promoting a nationalistic agenda, and it's dangerous. I mean, we've seen this before. Those ideas are dangerous.
1: Those major news networks have been giving these hate groups a voice for years. With the whole bullshit like we need both sides of every issue, they literally have hate groups on regularly to talk about marriage equality, to talk about trans rights. So the media is totally okay with these anti-LGBTQ bigots. They're okay with anti-Semites. They're okay with Nazis. They're okay with white supremacists. If they really cared, then they wouldn't have literal neo-Nazis, literal hate groups on their stations regularly.
2: There's been sort of a long history of us taking incremental steps to get to this point. And I think we see that even with the way that people talk about the founding fathers. You know, when we talk about Jefferson and Madison who write the Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom, which then builds into our constitutional religious freedom, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, all these people who were very religious, but also understood that there was a way to divorce the two in our government. So I just want to make I, sure I the that don't... is a good
0: point about the the almost radical incrementalism, if you could kind of. Put it to a phrase as far as the transformation of the Republican Party. And something that is also unprecedented, but also unprecedented, um, is Donald Trump's executive order to sabotage healthcare. This week he signed an executive order that cut subsidies to insurance companies that would allow uh, low income, lower income folks to have affordable access to healthcare. It's basically cutting off the legs of the ACA exchanges um, that's something that you never would have seen before I think in the Republican Party because they've always been about good government small government limited government and they want a government that works effectively and this is without a doubt going to raise premiums for people and in turn it's going to cost lives people are going to die because they don't have access to healthcare. What are your thoughts on that, Jordan? I feel like you uh, you're you're chopping at the bit to get going here.
1: It's one of the cruelest things he's done. It's another thing where his kind of pettiness, his frustration with being unable to actually get Obamacare repeal and replace passed through Congress has resulted in this spiteful executive order. It's just disgusting that he and the Republican party are okay playing with human lives like this so that they can score some sort of political win to make themselves feel better and have something to brag about before 2018.
2: I think it's too it's it's just proof of this idea that the Republicans are saying they're for a small government and they're for financial, you know, responsibility or blah 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 or even and they, like Scalia and Gorsuch, who say they're for constitutional originalism, where or we're not picking winners and losers, and all of these phrases, at the end of the day, just mean whatever they want it to mean, depending on what the agenda is at the time. And I think their agenda is flexible for whatever they decide they want to do at the time.
1: Yeah, and I think there was recently a Republican congressman who talked about how the deficit was a good talking point under Democratic presidents, but they don't really care about it in reality and that was just that was a stunning thing to hear because it's something you know it's been obvious it's something that you usually don't hear said aloud it's incredible how opportunistic they are
0: it's the same thing with Benghazi it's the same thing with Benghazi we just witnessed there were four U.S. special forces killed in Niger but there's no comment on it Donald Trump went and played golf as opposed to greeting the caskets of the fallen U.S. soldiers on their way home. And at the same time, Republicans spent over $8 million in a year and a half in congressional hearings. I think there were over 10 hearings trying to find a scandal, just ruining Hillary Clinton's approval numbers. But when something happens under their watch, oh, oh well, look the other way. It's such hypocrisy, and it blows my mind every single time. Um, along these same lines, in terms of how they handle things in and out of power and in between parties, um, Hollywood was rocked by the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Came out, Harvey Weinstein has been sexually harassing and sexually assaulting young women and girls for a very long time, or it seems like a, a, a large portion of his career. And Democrats immediately came out and condemned it. The Weinstein uh, company fired him, removed him from the board. He was expelled from Uh, the Oscars committee and at the same time it's becoming a scandal of the left because Fox News Breitbart Infowars and all the talking heads on the right are attaching Harvey Weinstein to Hillary Clinton but at the same time they nominated a sexual assaulter and elected a sexual assaulter to the presidency can we talk about the difference between our two parties
1: Very obviously sexual assault shouldn't be a partisan issue, and it's so disgusting that it's turned into that here, and that, you know, Republicans literally nominated a serial sexual assaulter to be their presidential candidate. Like, that is something
0: that's still so stunning to me. I guess ultimately what it comes down to is that when something goes wrong in the Democratic Party, the Democrats call it out, they condemn it, and there are repercussions. When something like this goes wrong in the Republican party, they gloss it over, they do the whataboutism, they blame Hillary, they blame Obama, and they then they elect the guy to a higher office. And I and I just want to point out that it's the hypocrisy is like at a new peak. Like we've never seen something like this before.
2: I'm going to push back a little bit against the idea that when the Democratic Party has a scandal we are so quick and so righteous to just be like, "Oh, no, we got it." Like, so I'm a big Hillary Clinton fan, Hillary all the way, but like, I mean, Bill Clinton has some shady things in his past. We're not going to pretend that he had this like squeaky clean, nobody knew about anything, any sort of sexual anything before we elected Bill Clinton to the presidency twice. But when he was elected as president, there were still murmurings of this happening. It wasn't like it came out post-presidency. But even if we're talking about now scandals in general, we have that senator from New Jersey who is involved in a financial scandal. Obviously, that's very different than a sexual assault scandal. But there's debate if the Democrats are going to try to keep him in until a certain point because it'll better serve if they can get a Democratic governor into New Jersey. I just think it's a little pretentious to be like, oh, no, the Democrats, we deal with this so well all the time. We always get people out of the party and, you know, our hands are clean. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I wish it was true, but I don't think it is.
0: Thanks for listening. Again, I'm Nathan Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Nathan H. Rubin. You can find Jordan Valerie on Twitter at Jordan Val Allen. And you can find Dylan on Instagram at DylanWithoutBob. Thanks again. Stay tuned for our next episode.